Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuhu. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Last night, for some reason, the beer not to be kept floating through my head. Uh, when Hamlet was talking about it, he was contemplating uh, taking his life. Uh, but to be or not to be has other implications. In Islam, there is a canon law called the Shariat. It tells you how to act, or at least uh, it's supposed to tell you how to act. Whether uh, it appropriately represents or does not represent how to act is an entirely other question. But let's assume that there's a law that appropriately tells you how to act within the world. And why do you need to know <clears throat> how to act within the world? Because in our animal nature, if we don't control it, we will not act appropriately. We will not do what we're supposed to do. So it started with the Ten Commandments. It's quite simple. Don't kill people. Don't tell lie. Uh, don't uh, bear false witness. Uh, honor your mother and father. Things like that. How to interact within people. So it gives you the laws of being. But in Sufism, we're trying not to be. La ilaha illallah. I do not exist. Only God exists. So we go from shariat for being to what for not being. What is it to disappear? What is it to become not? Bawa used to say, become like me. Well, that also means don't be like you. <laughs> Something has to happen. There needs to be a transformation. Um, there's a story about uh, a sheikh who had a thousand disciples. And the, the sheikh's name was Yunus. And uh, one of his disciples was seen running through the market screaming, I am Yunus, I am Yunus, I am Yunus. And the other uh, dervishes didn't like this particular one. They thought he was slow. They thought he was an idiot. And they came back to the sheikh and, said, and told the sheikh, Ahmed, the slow one, is running around town saying, I am Yunus, I am Yunus. What should we do? And he said, uh, put him on your shoulders and carry him around. You are all supposed to be coming Yunus. Now, what does it mean to become the sheikh? Uh, Halaj said, Anul Haq, I am reality. The sheikh is reality. If we can become the sheikh, we can become reality. But what is it to be reality?
it means not to be attached to the elemental world and not to have your ups and downs and emotional upheavals with the elemental world. To be somehow removed from the elemental world so that you have gone to the place where that part of you that interacts with that and is attached to that and believes in that and has its gratification from that dissipates and disappears. But how do we go to the point where we dissipate our attachment to the elemental world? How do we get to where we can do without the gratification of the elemental world? Anybody who performs knows that when they're finished, they're waiting for applause. What is the applause? It's gratification. In, in, in the elemental world, there's constant praise and there's constant blame. So people are looking for praise and looking to avoid blame. This is an ongoing phenomenon that each of us goes through. Well, how do you escape from praise and blame? How do you escape from needing applause? How do you escape from the need for fame? How do you escape from all of the needs and desires, and they're different for everybody, that you have within the elemental world. Well, you have to adhere to a certain mode of action, a certain appropriate mode of action. You have to be able to do the right things in your interaction with the world. You can't bear false witness. You have to honor your mother and father. You can't murder people. You have to Act appropriately when you do business. You have to act by a code of moral conduct. Now, that code of moral conduct basically sets the basis for your ability to leave the world. Because if you don't have a code of moral conduct, you can't leave your attachment to the world. Arrogance keeps you attached to the world. Jealousy keeps you attached to the world. Hastiness keeps you attached to the world. Desire keeps you attached to the world. So in taming these things down, we are able to limit the attachment to the world. And what is the big move that is able to help us transcend the attachment to the world. It's divine love. If we can interact with other people through love and through putting out love, we can begin the act of becoming less. Love gives. Everything else within the qualities that keep us attached to the world 
is about making ourselves bigger and taking. Arrogance tells us we're in charge. Hastiness tells us we have to keep doing things or, or we're going to not be able to get everything done that we have to get done. Jealousy basically says, I should have that and you shouldn't. We have all of these qualities that are about the I. Love is not so much about the I. Love is able to transcend the I and give unto others. Until we enter into that state, we can't transcend. But if we're not cognizant of the fact that there are qualities that keep us from transcending, and there are qualities that help us to transcend, we aren't going to concentrate on what we should and what we shouldn't do. One of the things that occurred when we were in the presence of the sheikh is that we had the opportunity to watch him. And what we noticed, if we watched closely, was there was a certain calmness there. He didn't fluctuate in ups and downs. He didn't have emotional peaks and emotional lows. He was the same when you met him. And he was in a state of being that exuded love. Where are we? And what is our state of being? Can we run through the streets screaming, I am Bawa? I am Bawa? Have we gotten to the place where we have disappeared and he has overtaken? And another interesting question is, what would be the reaction of the other disciples if you did run through the streets screaming, I am Bawa? I am Bawa. These are interesting questions and the answers lead to giving you insight into who people are and why they do the things that they do. And your reaction should give you insight into who you are and why you do the things you do. Can you do things? that leads to consternation of other people when you know you're right? Or do you resist because you can't handle the blame? You know, these are interesting concepts, and we each of us have to deal with them. But what we have to do is we have to become close to the truth, follow the truth, and then take on whatever happens, as opposed to trying to create what happens. The only one who can create is the creator. As long as we feel that we have to create our life and our being and our circumstances, we're going to find that we are in a struggle. Arrogance is a struggle. Why? Because arrogance says, this is the way it's supposed to be. And if it's not, I'm going to make it that way. And what's that lead to? 
leads to butting heads. And it leads to fights. And it leads to difficulty. And as long as you stay in an arrogant state, that's what's going to happen. When you're in a loving state, something else takes place. When Bawa looked at us, he didn't look at us as arrogant. He didn't look at us as angry. He didn't look at us as jealous. He looked at us as diseased. And the fact that he was the doctor for these diseases. And he was going to do what he could to cure us from these diseases. When somebody comes at us angry, can we look at them with the idea that, my, they have the disease of anger. What can we do to help them overcome the disease of anger? Or when somebody comes at us arrogant, can we see, my, he has the disease of arrogance. What can we do to help him with the disease of arrogance? You know, when somebody is arrogant and they try to push right through you or push over you, if you get out of the way, they might be relieved of what they're going through at that moment. But if you confront them, the whole thing's going to get worse. So somewhere you have to learn how to act and what to do. Somebody was sitting in front of Bawa and he said, uh, can you tell me about myself? And he said, I could. But then I'd have to defend myself from you. And he said, but that doesn't make me any better than you. So he was able to handle the situation honestly and truthfully, but without creating a confrontation. That line about that doesn't make me any better than you soothes the savage beast. And many people have a savage beast running around in them. And that's the reason for rules of appropriate behavior, to keep the savage beast under control. We have an animal self. And that animal self takes up our consciousness until we are able to evolve into wisdom. And wisdom cannot evolve until the savage beast is tamed. So, if you want to be wise, you can't be arrogant. If you want to be wise, you can't be jealous. If you want to be wise, you can't be angry. Otherwise, arrogance thinks it's wise, but it's not. It's arrogant. And to begin to understand the subtlety in the differences, to know the difference between entering into wisdom and entering into the arrogance that thinks it is wise, is a great step in self-analysis. 
in self and looking at the self and in beginning to know the self. And as we begin to know the self, we have to understand which of the qualities are tied to the beast and which of the qualities are tied to wisdom. The nafsamara, the lower self, is made up of animalistic qualities. Bawa did a painting of uh, a rock with all kinds of different animals in it. The point being that the heart is like a rock as long as these animals exist within you. And somehow that rock has to melt. And the way that rock melts is by these animals disappearing. The elephant of arrogance has to disappear. The dog of desire has to disappear. All of the qualities that create the rock-like self that is immune to empathy, immune to feeling others, immune to feeling the pain and the needs of others, has to disappear. When that disappears, wisdom has the opportunity to enter. Before that, wisdom doesn't have the opportunity to enter because they can't coexist. And what does wisdom do? Wisdom takes on the qualities that are God. So, it should be very self-evident. If you are living within the qualities that aren't God, anger, jealousy, arrogance, desire, you can't be living within the qualities that are God. And if you're going to disappear, you can't have those qualities. And what keeps us from disappearing? What keeps us from staying in this elemental world and being part of it and trying to control it? These qualities that are elemental as opposed to transcendent. Desire is elemental. It needs and wants elemental things. Mercy doesn't need or want elemental things. It wants to soothe and to make things more palatable for others. It wants to help and aid. It wants to give, not to take. Allah gives. What do we do? And when we learn in our life to give, our life changes. Now that change may not be dramatic, but slowly it will become dramatic. Um, I'm not the same person I was 40 or 50 years ago. But it took 40 or 50 years <laughs> to change a little. So these things aren't going to happen in a day, although if Allah wishes they can. But we need the patience to watch these things leave us. 
We need to watch the lions leave us, and the tigers leave us, and the bears leave us. We don't need the bear to defend us anymore. We can allow Allah to defend us. And as we enter into those transcendent qualities, we have to learn to abide in them and not be ruffled, not be pushed back into the qualities that deal with the world. The Sufi way of life is to die before death. Dying means dying to the elemental world and entering into the world of the transcendent qualities that belong to Allah. And if they belong to us, then we become more God-like. Allah created man in God's image. Well, God doesn't have an image. God is without form. And his qualities are without form. Yet, the impact of those qualities and the strength of those qualities is monumental. Uh, when someone you love is away from you, and they're on the other side of the world. You can feel that. And if you can continue to love them, they can feel your love. It's as if when you're apart, there's a tear in the universe. Because you need to be together. And then, slowly, even though you're apart, you're still together. Because your love gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And we need to be able to grow those qualities. The scientists create uh, petri dishes with certain compounds in them to grow things. Well, if we're going to grow love, if we're going to grow mercy... If we're going to grow compassion, we have to be the right kind of growth palette for that. And if we are angry, if we are jealous, if we have great desires, it can't grow in us. So we have to become the appropriate Petri dish for love. We have to allow it to grow within us. We have to have the appropriate fertilizer within us that can grow those seeds. And these seeds are planted in everybody. Everybody has a soul. Everybody has the truth within them. But what happens is, when the world and all its magnetisms and hypnotisms and its needs and desires attack us, the soul becomes hidden and has difficulty finding its way. For it to blossom, we have to give it appropriate space. And what happens is, 
because of all of the hypnotisms and the magnetisms and the needs within the world, we begin to identify with them. And when we identify with them, we think we are them. And unless somebody comes along, like a great teacher, who can cut away those things, people are lost in the misunderstanding of who they are. And it's only through the truth of knowing who you are that you can become godlike. And the purpose of this existence is to understand that godliness and to incorporate that into our being. And as we do that, we grow in wisdom. The unfortunate part is that until you are within wisdom, you don't know about wisdom. And you can't know about wisdom because what you know about is all those other things. Bawa said often, only God can know God. So only mercy can know mercy. Only love can know love. So if you are to know love, you have to become love. If you are to know mercy, you have to become mercy. So the courage To go after something you know you don't understand is the beginning of the path. To understand that we are without what it is that we need is the beginning of the path. And to take those steps into the unknown is the beginning of the path. And that takes courage because we've lived our entire lives somewhere else. And we have to have the courage to give all of that up. So may it come to pass that we understand that and it is easy for us to give up our past. It is easy for us to give up our old ideas and enter into the world of love, into the world of mercy, into the world of compassion, into the world of hak reality. May it be so for each of us. Amin, amin, ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.